This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more, go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and use the J. Scott promo code when signing up to receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. I'm your host, J. Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we're going to be speaking with Greg Krogh of Mogion Rim Outfitters. We're going to be talking about the Nevada Outfitter uh, deer draw that's going to be coming up here this Friday, March 11th. So uh, you, you, if you want to put in with an outfitter, which gives you a better chance to draw, um, you need to uh, listen to this episode, and Greg is uh, real forthcoming about uh, the top five units in Nevada to apply for deer. Um, I'm looking forward to this episode. Uh, I'd also, before we get to that, I'd like to um, remind you guys that Dark Holborn and myself are doing a free turkey hunting seminar for the Desert Christian Archers Tuesday, March 15th. Uh, starting at 6 p.m. in Phoenix, Arizona at the Calvary Community Church in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, the address is 12612 North Black Canyon Highway. Uh, again, we start at 6 uh, p.m. Uh, they're going to be giving away uh, raffles, uh, primos calls, door prizes. They're going to have refreshments there. Dar and I are going to be putting on a video uh, presentation and uh, be able to open it up to answer questions from the audience. And uh, Last year we did the same seminar, or the same the seminar for Desert Christian Archers had a big turnout. We're going to have all new video and um, should be a great time. So uh, they're asking you to bring uh, non-perishable food items or toiletries to help out their Calvary Community Church Mana Ministry of Food and Toiletries Drive. So it's free, but uh, bring bring some uh, uh, non-perishable food items or, or toiletries. Guys, I also want to thank you for all the comments and questions that I get on my email, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. And I just got one from Tate that says, Hey, Jay, I'm fairly new to hunting and really enjoy your podcast. This will be my first year applying in all the Western states and really looking forward to it. The podcast really helps me out. It only took 100 episodes, but finally got joined up with Go Hunt insider and won their monthly prize i just want to thank you for their heart for your hard work on doing the podcast uh that's great tate i'm glad you were able to be a go hunt insider uh winner uh speaking of that the insider giveaway for march is 80 insiders will win a 50 dollar skull hooker gift card uh good for their line of european skull mounting brackets um, this is a total value of $4,000, and if you haven't seen these skull hooker um, mounting brackets, they're really cool. You can um, fit them on uh, to a skull of a European mount, and um, they, they fit on a wall, or there's a lot of things you can attach them to. So um, if you're not already a member of GoHunt.com, I encourage you to uh, go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider, click on the blue Join Now button, Use the J. Scott promo code and you'll automatically receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. And I want to thank uh, the title sponsor, GoHunt.com Insider. I would also like to thank Western Hunter 
Wilderness Athlete, Utah Hydrographics, Phonescope, and the Outdoorsmans for their continued support of this podcast. Guys, I also want to uh, let you know that Colburn and Scott Outfitters has a few openings for Coos Deer next season in Mexico. We're actually doing three hunts next year instead of two. Uh, We have our season dates of December 27th through January 4th. January 15th through the 23rd and January 24th through we'll come home on February 1st so um, we have a few openings here and there so get a hold of me Uh, also booking for 2017 Gould's turkey hunts uh, down in Mexico and uh, we have uh, spots available for 2017 I'm really looking forward to the 2016 spring season uh, here Uh, We're going to be hunting uh, Merriam's turkeys, and um, uh, then we're going to be headed uh, south to hunt Gould's turkeys in Mexico. So uh, let's get right to this episode with uh, Greg Krogh of Mogollon Rim Outfitters. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have Greg Krogh of Mogollon Rim Outfitters on the phone, and Greg has been on the podcast before, and I've got a lot of feedback from listeners, how much they enjoyed uh, listening to Greg before. So, Greg, how you doing? Looking forward to having you on tonight, today. I'm doing good, Jay. How you doing? Good. It was uh, good to see you the other night at the uh, Sheep Banquet. And um, how's how's life treating you? How's how's things going? Going good. Going good. And uh, enjoying the off-season. Got to do a little bit of hunting with my kids the last couple weeks on Havelina Hunt, so it's been a blast. That's awesome. I know you guys had uh, <clears throat> a great year last year for for deer and elk, and we talked about that in our last podcast episode. I know that the Nevada deer, the outfitter pool uh, drawing is, uh, deadline is uh, this coming Friday, uh, March 11th, and I wanted to have you on this podcast to talk specifically about deer and uh, run through some of the top-end units and uh, maybe first and foremost tell me a little bit about how the Nevada draw for for deer works. Basically what they do is the state of Nevada issues uh, sets aside certain number of tags for the non-residents that can only be applied for by people that are going to use an outfitter. Uh, In fact when the tags show up they actually say that they're on the tag that they're only valid when accompanied by the master guide or one of the sub guides. So what it does is it allows you to apply for tags in a lot of units that uh, that won't have as many applicants as the general draw, or, you know, on the regular drawings in April. So it gives you a little bit better draw odds. And the way it works is you have to um, you fill out a power of attorney form, um, which you can download at their site, or if anybody needs that, they can call me, or we can explain that later. But you basically download a power of attorney form, get it notarized, mail it to me, and then once I get it, then I, I call them up and, and uh, we, we walk through the application together. Gotcha. And so can you apply in the outfitter draw with zero points? And is there even a chance to draw uh, in the outfitter pool for some of these great units with zero or very few points? No, there is. You can apply with zero points. Um, I mean, obviously, the more points you have, the better your chances are. Last year, the most difficult tag, which was a 241 to 245, went to one of my clients, and he had one point. You know, um, but that being said, we had somebody with 18 points that didn't draw it. So, you know, when there's only one tag, anything can happen. It just depends on when your number comes up. 
Gotcha. So for the listeners out there, if you haven't applied, uh, you should still probably uh, put in and apply for it. And how much better are the odds, uh, since it's, you're going after a limited number of, of tags, the odds are still slim, but what you're saying is you do have a better shot if you go through the outfitter draw? Yes, you know, and there's there's never any real way of knowing in Nevada because uh, if you go to, like, their website and the different application places that are talking about draws, the state of Nevada only issues uh, the first choice applicants. So, for example, you get five choices on your application, but when they talk about 75 applicants for these five tags, they mean 75 first choice applicants. They don't give you the total, you know, so it's really hard to tell what the true numbers are. For example the real premium unit that everybody puts in for as a first choice, 241 to 245, is going to show much worse odds than, than uh, for example, uh, 221 to 222 early. And the reason for that is everybody puts it down as a first choice. And then when you look at the draw odds for 221 to 223 early, it looks like very few people apply for it. When, in fact, there's still a lot of people applying for it. They just aren't listing as their first choice. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and diving into these units, because I know people want to know unit specific. Uh, so in in your opinion and the vast majority of people's opinion, uh, 241 and 245 is definitely uh, towards the top of the list of most people's picks. Yeah, you know, 241 to 245 is, is a lower deer density area. Um, it also gives a lot fewer tags, older age class deer. Um, you know, for the person that's killed several really good bucks in the past, that's the perfect hunt because, you know, in my opinion, the best buck in the state is going to be living in that unit. And it's going to be harder to kill them in there. It's still a very difficult hunt, but you want to be where the better bucks are. And that would be probably the most difficult draw on the outfitter draw. The next ones in line are probably the 221 to 223 unit on the late hunt. And then the 131 to 134 late tag, and those are very sought after because there's only a couple of tags in those, and they're uh, they're both rut tags. And then from there, the next step I think is unit would be 231, um, and then uh, on 231 they give about eight tags, I believe, maybe seven this year in the outfitter draw, and that's a that would, in my opinion, is the best or the second best unit in the state and uh, just the dates aren't as good. You don't get to hunt the rut, but it's got better bucks than 221 and 131. The dates are just a little bit more difficult. That makes sense. Gotcha. And then as, as a fifth choice, I have guys put in for 221 to 223 on the early hunt. And that's kind of a, you know, it's a, I, I listed it as like a 170 to a 185 type of deer hunt. And, uh, and that one, has, is substantially easier to draw than the others. So if somebody's okay. not wanting to wait for a long time to draw, that's a really good pick. So let's talk about first uh, the 241 to 245. That's usually always either your top first or second choice. What are the season dates that you're shooting for there? Uh, those dates are October 5th through November 1st. Oh, so it's a fairly long season. <clears throat> Yes, it is. It's a, you know, most of the seasons are almost four weeks long. Um, other than the rut tags, those ones are typically only a couple weeks at the very end. Gotcha. And so that 241 to 245, um, which city is somewhat close by that people might uh, know? And what is the terrain like in that specific unit? Well, that one is Caliente. 
and uh, it's basically Caliente is kind of in the middle on the on the north end of it, and then uh, surrounded by Alamo on the other side, off, off to the west, and then uh, the border of Utah. Gotcha. And what kind of country is that, Greg? Does it go from low to high, or is it? Yeah, it's what? got everything from Joshua Tree desert deserts, you know, around Alamo and that terrain, and then all the way up to Big Pines, you know, as you get into 242. So it, it's it's a big unit, you know. It's actually five units. So it, it's gotcha. got pretty much a little bit of everything in it. Um, you know, uh, the units that are it's it's very you know that unit is also triggered a lot more drought tolerance drop intolerant than some of the other ones because it's got so much desert in it. So it's spring rains are really critical on that one. Gotcha. Uh, I know here in Arizona, we've had a dry February. Um, what's been going on in Nevada across the board there? Has it been fairly dry or have they had a few storms? Yeah, the, it was really good until the beginning of February. Um, but, you know, the, as far as it had great snowpack in some of these units that we haven't had in years past. So, and then it warmed up again. And you and I talked about this a little bit last year on this. I think that's more critical than anything, and not having a severe cold winter. You know, having the deer come out of it and get you in. You know, right now, the deer are coming out of it in great shape again. It's just like around here. I live at 5,000 feet, and we've already got green grass on the ground. You know, um, gotcha. and here we are supposed to be in the middle of the winter. So as long as we keep getting the spring rains we've been getting, then I think everything's going to be great. And they're calling for some rain right now in the next three or four days over there. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the farmers' almanacs and some of the weather stations and such that I follow say, yeah, we had a dry and kind of a hot um, February. But, I mean, I think it's a it's it's a blessing in disguise, possibly, because the temps didn't get too cold. It possibly had a chance to green up. And now if we could get March showers on top of there, uh, you know, it, they might just, that grass might, you know, that feed might just really come. Oh, for sure. And then uh, I was just talking to one of my buddies over in Pioche the other day, and he was telling me how one of the lakes has already filled up the capacity for snow runoff, which it hasn't been for a little bit, you know, for quite some time. So, I, like I said, I, I think we're in really good shape, and I think it's shaped up to be a really good year in Nevada this year. If we, get awesome. the spring, so, if we get the spring rains like we have in the past, it's going to be awesome. Okay, so that's 241 to 245. And then the, the, the other unit that you said was usually – it flip-flops back and forth between first and second. You're saying 221 to 223, the late hunt? Yeah, there's a late hunt in 221 to 223, and then across the highway, there's a uh, bowl stick with that one first, but 221 to 223, late hunt. Yeah, um, and what are the dates on that? Um, you know, it goes until November 6th. Um, so, I mean, the dates are earlier. I mean, I think it starts somewhere around the 20th or 22nd, but... The guys that draw that tag are going to take advantage of the rut part and hunt the last seven days, which would be Halloween until the uh, 6th of November. Gotcha. And um, what is that unit, uh, those two units, or three units, 221 to 223, what kind of terrain is that? You know, that's uh, got several mountain ranges that run north-south, lots of valleys in the middle, and those deer are just all over. You can hunt the real easy stuff down in the low country, or you can hunt the really rugged stuff up in the mountains. You know, it's got peaks that are anywhere from, you know, I think the majority of it's probably between 6,000 and 9,000 feet or 5,000 and 9,000 feet. Um, it's got some really big mountains in it, um, which allow you to get into some rough territory to get away from people. And then it's also got a lot of that lower pinion to the per sage country. Um, and what, um, that's the late hunt. So the last seven days you're catching rut. 
And yeah, yes. It, so from a from a timing standpoint, you know that that's what makes that hunt so so good. What about the densities of deer compared to the 241 through 245? A lot more deer. Um, much much higher density of deer. It's not uncommon to see several hundred deer a day if you hunt. You know, even on the early hunt in there, you know, it's uh, it, you know, well, I guess we're talking about the late hunt first. But the same unit, if you go down in the lower country, you can see, you know, it's not a big deal to see a hundred deer in a morning. You know, in some of that country, on and, and you know, depending on the weather. But if they get good weather, it's not uncommon to see a hundred deer in one day. You know, one morning and then in the evening, see another group like that. And and 221 to 223, uh, where is that geographically located? What cities might people uh, uh, attribute to that area? Kind of the same thing. You're you're starting at uh, Caliente, and then you're heading north um, instead of south, and everything on that side of the road. And the road, the highway to 93 takes you to Peosh, and then all the way up to Ely. It's everything on the west side of uh, 93. As you go through Peosh, and then as you head all the way up to Ely. And then Ely is the north end of it. And then it comes back back around in uh, Lund, the town of Lund, on uh, that highway. Uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of, on the on the number on that highway, but the same highway that heads south from uh, Ely to Lund, and then all the way to Vegas. It's everything to the east of that highway. Gotcha. And on that late hunt, uh, like how many tags? How many other hunters total, roughly, are in the field at the same time with you? You know, the number that's sticking to my head is only around 30, I believe. Um, on the late hunt, you're going to get some junior hunters though. They, they have a junior program that ends and they allow those guys to hunt until I believe November 2nd. So there is quite a few, you know, junior tags that they allow to go out. They have a program where they allow kids to hunt longer than their other days for the middle hunt. So they get to go a little bit longer and they're still, I think after the second, it's just those final 30 guys. And I don't have the regs right in front of me and I apologize, but I want to say it's around 30. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break here, hear from our sponsors, and we'll get right back to it. At GoHunt.com, we are restoring the heritage of the old and constantly redefining the new. We stay focused and put our efforts into redefining the future of Western hunting. What makes us special? What makes us different? We are the new breed of hunter. We are the customers that we serve. We are the innovators, and we are the future. Visit GoHunt.com insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. So, Greg, you were talking about... Sorry, sorry, Greg. No, go, go ahead. I was trying to figure out a way to... Can you hear me now? You need to, yeah, if you need to get mobile, go for it. No, no, no. I just I was in the car with the windows up. I was dying. I forgot about how hot it is down here in the valley. <laughs> I tried to turn the air conditioning on. I was just came on, but go ahead. That's awesome. All right, we'll take a couple seconds. We'll go right back into it. All right. 
Okay, Greg. So I thought I heard you say that your third choice is, did you say 131? Yeah, 131 to 134. And that's another late rut tag that goes through November 5th. Okay. And uh, what's the density like in that unit and kind of where is that located geographically? That would be um, the east of, uh, I'm sorry, west of Lund. I remember that highway, it's Highway 318, so it's, it's west of that on uh, the town of Lund. Okay. And uh, it's a long, long unit. It goes all the way down from Ash Springs on the south all the way up uh, to uh, the highway that cuts over to Ely, all the way to Current Creek or Current Pass, I guess it's called, Current Summit. Okay. And densities in that? Uh, you see lots of deer. Um, huge densities. It's a, you know, you're hunting the winter range, so uh, it's a big migration out where there's just deer piling in every day. So big numbers of deer. And typically rutting last year was really tough in there. We, the rut came a little bit late, and uh, we ended up getting a nice buck on the last day. But we saw very little to no rutting for the first six days on that hunt last year, which is not typical. So on other years, they usually go in the 30s. You rut pretty good by about the first. And I think last year gotcha. was just a little bit off. And I noticed it in a lot of units last year. It was a lot later. Gotcha. Now, um, last year, you guys were able to harvest, as always, harvest some great bucks. Um, did you just have to be a little more patient and have to just keep grinding away at it? You know, last year uh, was probably one of our best years ever. And, um, you know, we just, it was a combination of things. We had we have some really good hunters, you know, that, that are just so dedicated and so good at getting it done that, uh, you know, like, for example, one buck, we just couldn't get him killed. And uh, but the hunter just kept sticking it out. I think he, I mean, he put in more time than anybody I've ever seen, and he finally got him killed. So it was a combination of uh, the hunters finally, you know, just sticking it out and getting it done. And uh, and then there was, and then we also had some really good deer found last year. You know, I would say twice as many good bucks last year found than than the average year. Um, and, you know, as good as we did last year, we still had a lot of deer get away. We had several good deer and uh, get away from us with some missed opportunities. So I'm really looking forward to this year because I think I can think of three or four deer off the top of my head. I, I'm really looking forward to trying to find this coming year. How much uh, a secret to your success is knowing where some of those deer are and being able to hunt them year after year until you get them killed and be persistent, you know, on getting them down? Well, I think it's really important for any, whoever it is, to be to be spending that kind of time out there and finding them because if, if you know about inventory deer from the year before, you're so much better off than just coming in there cold. You know, we're getting the, right off the bat, we're going right to these places where we left these deer last year, and, and even though they don't all come back and some of them don't make it or get killed on other hunts, it gives you a good starting point every year. So I figure if we know five or six bucks for each year, you know, then the following year, we'll, you know, I think on a good normal year, we'll find half of them the next year. And sometimes That's they'll disappear for a couple of years and show up. Last year, we had a big buck that I hadn't seen in three years. And on the, right before the hunt started, we'd had several other bucks to hunt, but I decided to go and take a look at that spot one last time. And I went over there and sure enough, the bucket showed back up and we hadn't seen him in three years and, and uh, he'd put on a lot of growth. That's awesome. Um, and your fourth choice is 231? Uh, 231, yes. And 231 and is the fourth choice only because of season dates. You know, I, I think it's one of the best units out there. 
um, definitely in the top two, and, and you can make an argument for the top unit. You know, it's just it doesn't have the right dates. There's no rut activity in it, but um, that's kind of good and it's bad because uh, on the good side, you're hunting those deer before they get to traveling and roaming looking for does. So if you know of a good buck from early on, he's going to be in the area. He may be nocturnal, but at least you're going to be hunting a good buck. And, you know, last year was uh, 231 was by far our best unit. You know, we shot uh, – we shot four or five really big deer out of there last year, which is the most we've ever taken out of there. And what dates are those, Greg? Those are October 5th through the 28th. Okay. So that hunt, um, those deer are right at the end of the hunt. They might start making their move to the rutting grounds, but before that you're hunting resident deer. Yeah. You know, deer will show up and migrate into there at the end, but you're still not getting the rut activity. And I'm not saying it can't happen. Every once in a while, you'll have an early rut, and and it's, 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 they're rutting pretty good at the very end, but it's kind of hard to count on it. You know, you hate to – I like hunting that hunt earlier. Um, that way we're hunting deer that we hunted during the, uh, the other seasons, and then we know where they're at, and we know they haven't left yet. It may be hard to find them, but at least we know they're there somewhere. They may be nocturnal, but we have a chance of trying to find them, even if it's bedded. Gotcha. And that 231, where is it located? What city is it by? Um, it's just due north and uh, north and east of Pioche. The same highway that goes, Highway 93, that goes from Pioche all the way to Ely. It's everything on the east side of the road all the way to the Utah border. Okay. And then your final pick for rifle hunters um, is 221 to 223, the early hunt? Yeah, and that, you know, we put the down as a fifth choice for guys that don't want to wait a long time to draw a tag. It's, it's uh, considerably easier to draw than some of the other units because of the dates. I think the dates on that one are only, I think it starts on the 5th and goes for about 12 days, I believe, maybe 12 or 13 days. So, um, you, you know, you're hunting them early, um, but the same sort of thing. It's uh, it's an area that this is the same one that is arguably one of the top three state, you know, hunts in the state on the rut hunt same exact unit, same deer, just without the rut. So you're in an area that always has potential to produce a really big deer. Um, some of the best bucks we've taken over the years have come out of that unit. Um, it's just a little bit, just a little bit uh, less desirable dates. But it gives that guy that doesn't have a ton of points uh, a chance to hunt it and, and not burn a bunch of points. You know, that one last year, I think we applied maybe six people and drew two or three last year, I believe. Gotcha. So you're in a unit that has big bucks. The dates aren't great, but at least you're hunting in a unit where, you know, you've got a fighting chance that there's a big buck around. Exactly. You know, last year, um, the three people that we, we took three total hunters in there last year. And, you know, I tell guys that don't put it for that game unless you're going to be happy with a 170 to a 185 type of gear is about typical. I'm not saying you can't kill a bigger one. We've killed bigger, but for that guy that's trying to kill a real giant deer, that wouldn't be my first pick, you know. Um, and I think last year, the three people we took, we had, uh, we shot one deer that was around, I want to say 169, and it was a young kid with his dad, and then and then another one that was right at 180, that was a 28-inch wide, 180 bucks. And then the third hunter was a really good client of ours, we've known a long time, and he had a chance at a really good deer, and it turns out he broke his scope. Scope rings, I believe, were broken, and after the deer, after the shots were all over, we signed up again with several feet off. Oh, so, man. And we're not quite sure how it happened. So, you know, I think that's a good hunt, though, for somebody that wants to go hunting and have a great chance at a 170 to 185 type deer, and then the outside chance at something even bigger. 
Gotcha. And then, uh, Greg, we talked about on the last podcast in Nevada, there's also landowner tags. So if people want to contact you uh, and to, to purchase tags or conservation type tags, they can also you also do that as well, correct? Yeah, it is. If, if they either have landowner tags, they can contact us, or if they're looking for hunt, it's a good idea to call us, let us know ahead of time, and then when tags come up, I just had two tags opportunity last week. Um, and uh, so if I have names, I, I just create a file for the people, and when one tag comes up to that area, then I'll give a call. Gotcha. And tell me about your guides. Um, I know being a fellow outfitter, you guys have a great reputation. You've got some of the best guides in the business working for you. Uh, you mean specific, which guides? Or their name? No, uh, not specifically. Just just tell me about the guides that you employ and, and how fortunate you are to have good guides that are working for you. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're only a reflection of how good your guides are. Cause, you know, we, we do a lot of hunts and I'm in at least 85% of the camps, but even then, if there's two or three hunters in camp, you know, I'm, I'm guiding one of the guys, and you're only as good as your guides. And I feel like I have an incredible group of guys, um, you know, that have been all been guiding for a really long time. Uh, I think the average guy guiding for me has probably got more than 20 years in. So yeah. um, I just feel really comfortable with them. I know the area, like, you know, we've hunted them together for so long. It just makes it so simple to be able to communicate with them about game plans and, and where to go and uh i just I feel like you have the hardest working group of guys out there yeah and, and it definitely reflects in the quality of deer that you guys get as well um if i were to try and pick into your brain a little bit for those that are listening out there that see your success in harvesting big deer you know give me a couple tips that that you think people you know don't do enough that you know you guys do day in and day out that make you successful and maybe you, you think that people don't do what you do enough or or how you do it um, I'm trying to look for those little nuggets of information that you know might help someone out there you know find a big deer even if they're hunting on their own you know I'd say persistence you know um, like we talked about you know uh, Jason Campbell last year you know so many people have you know, they know they know about all these giant bucks that Jason Campbell has killed over the years, and, and and so many people look at it and think it's just the place that he's hunting, or or the or, or who he's hunting with at times. And, and even though he does ninety percent of the stuff, you know, on his own anyway. But I just mean, if you if you look at the way he does it, the biggest key with him is his persistence. I mean, the guy's an animal. He when he locks onto a deer, it doesn't matter how good of another deer you find, he's not going to hunt it. And in order to really get those giant deer, you have to be able to lay off other deer and there were times where, you know, we'll lose a deer for, you know, 10 days and we can't find him. And, uh, he won't back off and start hunting another deer. He'll keep looking and then it shows up. And if you look at like last year, that season's almost a month long and he waited all the way till the end and said, I mean, he'd go home a little bit and he'd come back and, you know, he never wavered. And eventually in the very end, on the uh, last possible day he could hunt, he ended up killing that giant buck. And uh, if he had settled for one of those other deer, and we we were on some other good deer, you know, and if he would have settled for one of those, he never would end up with that one. So I think just having the confidence to hold out and keep hunting a big buck, you know. Another guy that's a really good example of that, that, I mean, and I have nothing to do with them as far as I don't hunt with him or anything, but Jason Carter is the same way. You know, you look at all those big bucks he kills, and you know, those guys aren't killing those giant bucks because they're settling for other deer, you know. They're they're putting in so much time, and that, I think that's probably the biggest key ingredient is putting the most amount of time in and you know, look at both those guys do that. They'll they'll spend so much time hunting one deer, and eventually they'll get them killed. And most people, 
you know, myself included, I'm guilty of it. You know, you, you start hunting a buck and you go a few few days without seeing him, and you know, the grass is always greener somewhere else. You know, you want you want to switch and start looking for another one, and and when you do that, you get zero chance of killing that buck. Yeah, for sure. And I I think one of the things with hunting public land that's hard is you don't know if maybe someone's shot your buck and you just haven't seen a picture of it, and you don't even know if you know all those thoughts go into your mind of are am I hunting a deer that's already been killed you know how do I know until the season's over maybe you know maybe it's gone should I go somewhere else um when you get those thoughts in your head what do you what do you do personally we have that exact I mean the exact conversation of what you just said I had with somebody last year and and uh I look at it as you know, the type of deer that we're talking about is a six to eight year old deer. So he's already made it through six seasons. The odds of him being killed and then you not even knowing about it or, you know, although, you know, it's possible, they're not very high. And you have to weigh those odds versus, you know, going out and trying to find a whole other deer for the first time, which is even slimmer, you know. So I just look at it. You want to look at your bet having the best odds. It is possible he's dead, but you have to remember it's also possible you back off of him and go somewhere else and never find a deer of that caliber. And that's probably a little bit higher odds, you know. You know how hard those really big animals are to find. And, and uh, when you have one in town, you just have to have to hope that he hasn't been killed and just continue to hunt him. And, and every once in a while it does happen. I, I just found out last year about a deer that I've been looking for for three years, and I ran into a guy in, in the area where he was, and we were talking, and I told him I hadn't seen a good deer in here in about three years, and uh, but I keep coming back because of the potential. And he kind of laughed and asked me what it looked like, and I told him, and he pulled his phone out and showed me a picture of it. He had killed it a week after I'd last seen it, you know. And, oh, my uh, goodness. And, I, and he was in there just doing the same thing, back in that general area, hoping to find another one. So I mean, it does happen, and, uh, you know, and like I said, I hadn't seen that deer in a long time, so it wasn't something I was spending time doing during scouting. But, you know, if you do it during a hunt and uh, and you just stay persistent, I think more times than not, it's going to be the best choice because when you start switching and jumping around and looking for new deer, I, you know, I, I think it, it's really tough, especially during a hunt. You know, it's one thing to do it when you're scouting, but during a hunt, finding a new deer for the first time on the hunt happens so rarely. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of big deer I've killed over the years that we found for the first time on a hunt, you know, that just kind of stumbled into because at that point they're already, you know, they're, 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 they're not all much, but they're already spending so little time out in the open that, it makes it really tough to find them for the first time if you don't know they're there. Yeah, for sure. Let's take another quick break here. Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service, and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at utahhydrographics. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, 
tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies, and much more. To become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter, subscribe today. Go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and enter your email address for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. Greg, talking specifically now um, tactically from, you know, let's say someone draws a tag, wherever it may be for Mulder, whether it's Nevada, Arizona, whatever, and um, they're up there scouting. Give me some idea of what goes through your head as far as if you're in a new unit or a new area, part of the unit, what are you looking for specifically uh, when you're, you know, are you driving around looking for high points? What are you specifically looking for to hold big deer or how do you go about picking your, your area to, to hunt? You know, when I'm looking at new area, um, I'm obviously making sure there's water. And then I'm also looking at an area where I feel like I can relocate a buck if I do find it. I don't really waste a whole lot of time in a place that's not very huntable. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that's the best thing. I really know guys that do hunt that real, that, that type of stuff it is, and they've been really successful. But for me, I like trying to pick a spot that, that, uh, that I'm going to like to begin with, you know, if there is a big deer. You know, for example, if there's a spot that's not real glassable and it's just got a few little openings, you know, I hate to go and look for a big deer in there and then spend all that time and find one and then and then not be able to kill him when I do find it, you know. So I try to pick spots that I think are huntable, that I think I can keep track of a deer in if there is a big deer in there. And I start there and then try to find big deer in those. And there's lots of places like that, but they don't, not all of them hold big deer. And once right. I do find places like that, then I try to find a big deer. And then if I can find one, at least I've got him in a place where we can continue to to uh to hunt him and not lose him so first and foremost you're going to find areas that you can glass and that you can get up and you can see and then if that doesn't pan out then you start moving into the thicker stuff from there but you first start where you can actually have huntable terrain where if you do find a deer you can relocate them again and have a chance to get on them yeah it doesn't Um, have to be it doesn't i don't mean it has to be wide open glassing it can be thick country that's glassable you know just something to where there's some sort of a way to hunt them you know i mean i i can't tell you how many times you know someone has told me about a big deer and i go and look at the area and think i don't know where to start you know and there's a reason the deer is bigger there because he's unkillable you know and and i'm not going to go and spend that much time in a spot like that where it isn't glassable um you know it's not trackable and uh you know, it, it's the only, you know, and, and and usually the people that know about these, they have a picture of them, you know, and maybe it's at a water right. source at night. And I don't really waste my time much on, on those types of setups because I just think my time, I, I can find better use of my time to go find a deer in a, a more huntable spot. Yeah, makes total sense. Um, what were some of the best deer you guys killed last year? Um, the best deer was Jason Campbell's and you know, I'm, we're hoping it'll win that silver buckle award or, you know, they give it for the biggest buck in Nevada. And it, it was official at 233 and, uh, it was 233 and something, I think 7A cross and 226 and change net. Um, that was a 231 buck. Um, we also killed a 217, um, 211 and, um, and then one of my guys killed a 204. Wow. So we had last year, like I said, that's that's not a normal year. I don't want people to call them thinking that's the kind of stuff we're going to be able to put them on. That that was by far our best year ever. Um, but 
you know, we also had some good deer get away. As good as it was, I felt like we could have got deep. I think I remember talking to you during the hunt last year. We did one yeah. of your podcasts in the middle of the day one day, and and uh, it was a couple days after that we ended up getting on the buck I told you we were looking for, and we couldn't turn him, and then we, you know, we missed him. Uh, we missed one yeah. giant deer last year with two or three different hunters for a total of 11 or 12 shots. So it was, oh my and, goodness. and we never, we never did get him. And, uh, well, hopefully and, uh, you can get him this year and it's get a little redemption. You know, that's, I, I'm starting to think this deer is, uh, he's got our number. We, we had the same thing the year before we missed it, you know? So we've, this deer has been giving us fits now. This will be the third year we get to hunt him and hopefully we can get him this year. Then we'll all be glad he got away the two because he'll be really good this year. <laughs> that's awesome well buddy i know you've got uh things you've got to get to today and it's always great having you on the podcast i'm uh happy you were able to share some insight here with us and um i want to give you a chance to let people know where they can find you if they have any questions about the outfitter draw in nevada yeah the best way to get a hold of me uh for the outfitter draw is to go to my website which is mudion rim outfitters M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N-R-I-M, Outfitters with an com, Or you can just Google my name, Greg, K-R-O-G-H, and it'll take you to my website. There's a contact portion on my website. Send me a contact requesting the information for the Outfitter draw. But we definitely want to get on it right away because we've only got about six days left. So if someone's interested, uh, contact me uh, through that website, and I will immediately get back to you and send you the power of attorney form and then all the necessary paperwork you need for this year's draw. That's awesome, buddy. Well, thank you so much for coming on and um, look forward to speaking with you again later when the regs come out and such. We can talk about elk and and uh, uh, yeah, it was great seeing you the other night and uh, wish you the best. OK, hey, thanks for having me on, Jay. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope. That's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E.com or on Instagram, at Phonescope. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance products. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in February 2016.